You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We're here in London, not just checking out London, but eating our way around London, which I have to say hasn't been such a bad task. It's been a wonderful task. We've got a lot of unique London restaurants to tell you about today. You know, a lot of times when people hear, oh, British food, they think of pub food or they think of beans on toast. I know I lived in Britain for about a year and beans on toast kind of got to be my go-to breakfast or, or dinner or whatever. But there is so much more. There is so much more. And I think I also spent some time there in England. I did a study abroad there. And it's just amazing. Yes, you're, everyone hears fish and chips. Everyone hears pub food. Everyone hears a traditional English breakfast. But there is so much more. And of course, we managed to help you all out by trying it all while we're here in London. We can't recommend it if we don't try it, right? London being an international destination with people coming from all over the world, of course, they're going to get all of these great influences from all over the world. In today's show, we're going to tell you about several restaurants. We're also going to have interviews with three restaurants that are really doing some fun things. The first one is Cinnamon Kitchen, which is an Indian restaurant, but it's taking Indian food and putting a whole new twist on it. Next, I mean, you think of traditional food like we just talked about. We're going to talk about twists on that traditional food at a place called The Fable. And finally, we've got some just great classic Italian at Carluccio's. We've got interviews with all three of those restaurants. We're also going to be talking about some other restaurants that we really like in this fabulous city. But before we get to all of that, we first need to do hot topics in travel. And this week, I'm going to be talking about cheating. Cheating on who? We'll find out when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check out our website, travelbrigade.com, or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin, like we said, eating our way through London this week. And again, it hasn't been such a rough task. Of course, uh, we might need to do a little shopping to buy some more clothes before we leave. We're noticing after several days being here in London, just slightly tighter. Funny you should mention that because this week's Hot Topics in Travel, I grabbed off Yahoo Travel. It's a column by Allison Sweeney, who is the host of The Biggest Loser, and she knows a thing or two about helping people to fit back in their clothes. I was going to say, I thought maybe she was going to kick you off the trip or something, vote you out or however that works. And this column she wrote for Yahoo Travel was about 10 meals around the world worth your cheat day. I could probably come up with a list, but I would like to know hers. So I do a thumbs up and thumbs down on each of them. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll, well see. There were 10, but here were three that stood out to me as, as really being worth it based on my own experience. Number one was gelato in Italy. Oh, well, I was going to say that's really hard to say it's worth a cheat day because when we went to Italy, we pretty much ate gelato three times a day for several days. <laughs> Well, the problem is when you're in certain (laughs) cities during the summer, there's like, if you think there's a lot of Starbucks around in America, like there's a gelato stand every 50 yards in Italy during the summer. We had a lot of gelato and it is really, really good. There is something about gelato that is just different and good. And whether you're going to go for the whole kind of thicker chocolate one or on a hot summer day, like a melon or strawberry or something like that. They're all delicious. Another one that I really liked and agreed with was soda bread in Ireland. Well, of course. 
I love soda bread. As a matter of fact, soda bread's worth cheating on all the time. I, or cheating for, I guess I should say. You could cheat on someone to get soda bread as well. But soda bread's great. I make my own, of course, but only once a year on this St. Patrick's Day. I was going to say St. Patrick's Day is a big cheat day for me with your soda bread. Another one that I think is pretty universal, everybody will agree with this, crepes in Paris. <laughs> Crepes with what? Crepes with Nutella, crepes with sugar, crepes, <laughs> crepes with ham and cheese, any kind of crepe. Again, like with the gelato in Italy, you can just be walking down the street and there's a guy there on the corner making crepes and putting stuff on them. Yeah, and, cheap and delicious. You know, I agreed with those three. There were some others on the list. Check it out at Yahoo Travel. My own, I started thinking of some of my own and probably my biggest one would be pizza in Naples. The pizza in Naples, is, it, it is delicious. That's why, I mean... You know, except for I have to say pizza Naples is great. But what would really top that is pizza Naples, then a shot of lemon jello. Then you're really cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Extra delicious that way. Well, we're going to talk about some other foods that are worth cheating. <laughs> Pretty up. much this whole week. We're going to talk about an Indian restaurant called Cinnamon Kitchen. And Indian food has kind of a special place in England. Yeah, I totally agree. Indian food is kind of like the secondary ethnic food there that it's just sort of embedded in the culture. Being from the West Coast, Mexican food is our sort of go-to ethnic food that's sort of embedded itself in the culture. Everybody eats it. It's sort of, you know, you have your meat and potatoes meal, but then the next meal you've got to have Mexican food. And, you know, when you're in England, particularly London, Indian food is really so big. There's so many great places to eat Indian food. And you know, whether you're going to a restaurant or like a flea market, Brick Lane is a really popular sort of flea outdoor market where they have a lot of like ethnic cuisine. But you think about pub food there, but I mean, a lot of people who travel there think about Indian. And every time I go, that is like the best Indian I've ever had. Coming up, we've got an interview with Cinnamon Kitchen. They're doing Indian food, but they're doing all sorts of really cool stuff with it that you might never have thought of before. Amazing. I mean, everything. And we have had a mini me with us that isn't I mean her palate maybe isn't as refined would you say developed the, adventurous I don't think there was a thing that she didn't eat at cinnamon kitchen and definitely different I mean everyone likes their tikka masala or whatever but these are things that are just so unique and so different just amazing time we had there at cinnamon kitchen can't wait to share that interview with you up next stay tuned you're listening to travel brigade follow us on twitter at travel brigade we will be right back you're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, and we have been eating our way around London. London has got a vibrant food scene. A lot of people think of London as pub food, uh, but it's a lot more, and we've been trying to check out some of the new places that we've been hanging out here in London one food that you cannot go to London and not have is Indian. Yeah, Indian food is really a staple here. It's uh, for you Americans. It's sort of like uh, England's version of Mexican food. It's, it's the the food that's been adopted and brought in, and it becomes part of the regular regular experience. Yeah, you really just don't go uh, a whole week without having like it embedded into your culture. There's you know so many different restaurants. So we're here at this really great place called Cinnamon Kitchen, which is sort of a, a nouveau twist on some of the Indian food. But we're going to talk a little bit about London and sort of the dining food scene first. We have Chef Abdul Yassin here with us. He is the chef at Cinnamon Kitchen. And Abdul, kind of tell us how the London dining scene has evolved over the past few years and what's sort of becoming uh, the, the trends and things like that. Hi, uh, this is Abdul. I'm the head chef of Cinnamon Kitchen. 
Um, talking about London uh, dining experience and London uh, cuisines all around, I would say there's not one another place in the entire globe as versatile as London and what London can bring to the people who are visiting London. I feel London has evolved over the past 10 years and now it has become a home for most of the different cuisines all over the world. Indian cuisine has got its style. Indian cuisine has gone contemporary from the time to time, from tradition back to style and now again it's going back to the roots. Um, I think Indian cuisine has got a lot to offer and London has given it a platform where we could present and define and refine the dishes more and more we, that, that we've been doing over the past 10 years. Um, like opening the Cinnamon Club in 2001, trying to actually change people's perception of how Indian dining could be perceived and how and what to expect from the dishes in Cinnamon Club. Uh, we opened Cinnamon Club in 2001 and uh, it took us two and a half years to actually change the perception of people. Uh, now Cinnamon Kitchen is doing the same ethos, it's doing the same thing but in much more relaxed and a much more colorful and a vibrant setup. Uh, it is hitting more to the mid-market where people are perceiving fine food. At the same time, they are having a relaxed environment and uh, it, has, it is offering a, a, a one-of-a-kind, the Indian first time ever, Rubata, uh, which gives a lot of interaction on the grill. Uh, we also have, been, uh, have an anise bar which has got, uh, in the entire city, there is none other bar which offers uh, such a wide range of grills and kebabs and sharers which the city people absolutely go crazy about. When we came here to Cinnamon Kitchen, one of the things, you know, I, I do like Indian food. I've had it when I've been here in London. We kind of seek places out when we're in the States. It's not a, but it's, it's not really on every corner. So you have to kind of find places. But one of the things that, you know, when I came in, uh, noticed straight off the menu was that you don't have maybe some of those traditional dishes like chicken tikka masala. Like that's kind of my go-to when I go. There's so many different things here. I didn't even know what to expect. So tell me about sort of the, the twist on the cuisine and, and what types of things that you have done with the menu. Well, it is very easy to say that we will be changing things in the Indian cuisine and how Indian cuisine is perceived. Um, gone are the days when people used to stick to their bowls of curries and rice. People have become much more smarter in terms of when they go out to dine their awareness of ingredients has been second to none. So, I mean, the cuisine that we offer here is the best of both the worlds married together. Now, we get the best of the traditional ingredients uh, in terms of the, the spices, in terms of the traditional recipes, in terms of the, the history and the ethos behind creating a dish. And meat and marry them with the best of the local producers. We use farm ingredients, we use wild uh, catches, we use uh, the best of the organic producers. The idea is not to overpower anything with any, any, any ingredient or, or a spice. The idea is basically to complement the ingredient along with the carefully crafted uh, spice mixes. So when we, when we cook Indian food now, we are using the best of the both, both the producers, but at the same time we are mindful of the fact that one should not overpower the other. In, 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 in all in an envelope, I would say that it is basically trying to create something which is texturous, which is colorful, which has got enough of impact which has got less effort, but at the same time, it's been very, very carefully crafted. Yes, I do Indian ingredients, I do Indian spices. Anything that I create here is all about authentic Indian, but what I create on the plate is something which is smarter. People can visually see, understand, recognize, and visualize, and know what ingredient is coming on the plate. We've had some amazing things that we've had on the dishes tonight. We've had red deer, we've had uh, prawns from South Africa. Halibut. Halibut, salmon, uh, lamb, several types of lamb. 
and and all these amazing sort of side dishes and 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 different things like a chickpea cake and just all these sort of really amazing things that I would have never known to pick off the menu. Well, and things that, uh, for instance, if you're a fan of watermelon, you have to come here and try this watermelon dish they have because you've never tasted watermelon this way. We're getting uh, traditional things and tasting them in whole new ways here. Yeah, watermelon with a hoisin sauce and peanuts is yeah. pretty... Just, just some of the combinations that are done here and all in a very sort of open and friendly way. The platters are beautiful and just so colorful. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, like you were mentioning, the brand. This is one of, of three places that were, uh, that were established here in London and they all just sort of took off. Yeah, I, I've been classically trained in India and I've been working with the, with the master chefs of the traditional Indian hardcore cuisine. Um, one thing I've realized that uh, no matter how good or bad your cooking is, if you're not clever today, if you don't adapt, if you don't uh, respond to the change, uh, people would lose interest in your cuisine. So what I have done is, um, along, along with developing myself as a chef, I just joined Cinnamon Club as one of the, one of the chefs along with uh, the other chefs who Vivek, the executive chef of Cinnamon Club, had uh, got from India. Well, well uh, Chef Vivek is uh, the actual founder uh, of the entire concept and uh, the Cinnamon Club's um, dining experience. Uh, we've trained together, we've, we've come here, we work together towards the same ethos. And creating an innovation, innovative cuisine was basically giving every single person a chance to come out with their best that they have and then carefully crafting it on the, on the, on the plate. Uh, the menu here highlights uh, mostly of rustic grills because I go really crazy like with doing barbecues and all. I feel that Indian, Indian cuisine has got a lot to offer in terms of spices. And it goes really mad and crazy when it does barbecues with the rubs and the specially, specially crafted uh, marinade that it makes. Um, uh, in our last achievement, I would say that uh, we've been awarded as the barbecue champion of Britain, uh, which obviously rose the eyebrows as to how uh, the barbecue is interesting here. But then, yes, we've done it once again, the second time. So uh, highlighting most of what we have, which is the rubata, I think barbecue concept also got evolved over and over again over the period of time with Indian influences coming into it. So creating a bespoke cuisine in the Cinnamon Club, we moved on to Cinnamon Kitchen where we were hitting mostly to the mid-market where we're making things much more accessible for people to come and try uh, and in an affordable prices as well. We still have opened Cinnamon Soho yet after this to make it even more casual. But then they, it is basically a, a, an Indian twist towards British classics like doing Rogan Josh pies and then seafood moili pies and, and doing uh, like uh, Bangla Scotch Egg, which is uh, a take on uh, the Scotch Egg. Uh, British Scotch Egg. Uh, so this is what Cinnamon Soho is. And after doing all the three, now we've actually explored all the markets. Now what we are doing is we are trying to make a connection with the people. We are trying to connect people from all sorts of classes uh, and, and actually giving them an opportunity to come and peep inside our kitchen as to where the actual hard work is lying. Uh, my chefs have been given a lot of uh, opportunities to be, have a direct connection with our guests so that they also follow the same path and we grow more and more people and uh, to replace us. Uh, we have been trying to do apprenticeship program where which we are trying to contribute to the community and to not to prove a point but to actually uh, believe in the fact that to get Indian good Indian chefs you don't need to go outside London to get Indian chefs from there. We can you know create opportunities for British uh, you know newcomers in the, in, the, in the colleges to come and join our apprenticeship scheme which was started by Chef Vivek Singh and uh, to become good chefs. Uh, I have got two examples in my kitchen. I've got five apprentices who cook some real good Indian food. And uh, one or two of them have already got awards in the apprenticeship uh, awards in London. 
so which is a great thing which uh, we can do and i'm so proud of the fact that we can uh, actually implement this over a period of uh, you know these years that we've been trying to cook here uh, indian food taste better in london and i i i really uh, i'm i'm backing everything behind it uh, only for the fact that i know that the ingredient that we work here supports any cuisine which wants to do any experimentation innovation in the cuisine as chef said people go mad we've gone mad over the food here tonight and i would recommend that you come here and do the tasting menu let the chef uh, handle your course and pick your food it's been absolutely excellent for tonight we will put information about cinnamon kitchen on our hot sheet for today's show and you can check that out on our website travelbrigade.com you can also follow us at twitter at travelbrigade we will be right back Travel Brigade, tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin again doing a dining in London. I mean, I'm not sure how we came up with this idea, but it was kind of like both of us got this. Okay, that sounds like a great show. <laughs> Hasn't been a problem. We really have been eating our way through London, just having such a great time. You know, Cinnamon Kitchen, I still, oh, a couple days later, I'm still tasting that stuff and just so delicious, so amazing. Had such a great time. I wanted to talk about a couple of other unique options where you're here in London. Some of these restaurants we're talking about are kind of some up and coming things or things that are have really good reputations for great food. But I wanted to talk about some sort of like off the beaten path sort of things that are a little bit different. You know, thinking of all the history, wanting to do something that sort of ties in with that, there is a place called the Medieval Banquet, which is very close to the Tower of London. Watch your head. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny. I think we've been watching too many episodes of the Tudors lately. There's Dancing Wenches, which, of course, I thought if I ever come back to London, that's where I'm going to work. <laughs> I thought it would be a great idea. But they have jugglers, music, everything that sort of ties into this historic place where it's done. Uh, music that comes from the courts of the king. So it's just kind of like a fun little place that sort of ties in with your time there in London and the history. And another place that is, again, maybe not a lot of people know about, but it's called Dan's Lenore, which I believe was built off the original project in Zurich, which actually is called a dark restaurant. So a dark restaurant is an option where you are completely in the dark during your whole meal. You have blind waiters and you can actually come in a little bit before your reservation and find out how the whole evening is going to go. Literally, you do not know what you're going to eat. You literally pick a menu that is either the white, which is the surprise menu, that's the chef's choice of whatever he wants to do, the blue that's fish, the red that's meat, or green that's a vegetarian menu. And that's it. That's all you know about it. So it's really supposed to develop this senses. You know, when you're not using your vision, you can develop the smells, the taste, everything. And it's supposed to really just bring that out in the whole experience. And it's just a very, very unique thing to do. Again, that's called Dan's Lenore. And we will have both those again with many of these others on our hot sheet for today's show. And then one other place that we had drinks that was really, really fun and very unique. They locked us up in the vaults. They didn't throw away the key. They let no, us Jeff up. wanted to stay there forever. He's like, what do you mean? Drinks in a cellar? Hey, why not? 
this place was called Voltaire, and the hotel sits on top of what used to be cells in a dungeon in a prison. Like literally. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> we're not, you know, they didn't say, hey, let's make these look like cells. No, these were once cells. What well, they... even when we decided to go down there, like somebody started telling us about it, and it wasn't connecting until we actually went down there, and they're actually vaults and cells. They've turned them into sort of little private lounges for a small party of two like to like five, a, six yeah. people, like a table. Like they're a table on service, own. yeah. And then they've got, you know, snacks and things, but mostly they've got a lot of great martinis and cocktails. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we're sitting in there and they have to come and unlock the vault and then they let you in and then they have, you know, you have your private waiter and you're in this place. It was just the most unique place. And again, I mean, where else are you going to sit in a place? like London, like this, and be in a vault or a cell. It's just sort of the history, and it was like this great nightclub, but you're a little bit away from the nightclub, so you're not like right on top of it. It's very private. It's just a really unique experience. And again, that's at the Crown Plaza there. Just a really, really fun, unique time. I would have never thought there was anything like that. I think part of what makes going out to a restaurant fun is, of course, great food, great service, but a great ambiance, decor, feel is also crucial to having a great evening. And we also found that at a place called The Fable. Now, before we even start talking about the Fable food, which is a whole nother thing to talk about, there's a lot of twists on traditional food there. But what's really fun about The Fable literally is the decor is so unique. We sat in this big, huge table that was literally surrounded by books. It sort of curved us in. It was almost like a little tower of books around us. And we'll be running a picture of that with the episode. Yeah, that's great. And also just the wallpaper, they had pages of books on there. So you've got this place called The Fable. It's got this three stories. It's three stories. It's not just a restaurant. It's a bar. It's a restaurant. They even had a place where you could stop and buy flowers, just all sorts of different things (laughs) in this one building. Well, and again, we'll talk here in the interview. The meals are amazing. A lot of twists on traditional food. And they're part of the uh, Drake and Morgan collection, which actually have several other locations there and around the London area, all very unique in their own right. What's interesting as well is they have a mixology cart. They do mixologists all sorts of really fun things. So we have that interview coming up next, The Fable. You can check that out at TravelBrigade.com. Make sure while you're doing that, you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, we are here in the cool city of London. London is classic. London is cool. And, of course, while you're here, you have to eat. We're doing lots of things on eating here in London. And we are at the coolest place called The Fable. As a matter of fact, sitting at the chef's table, surrounded by these amazing books, which has helped us think. Our, we have some kids who love books, and we're thinking that this might be a new way for them to decor their room. It's amazing. You've got to come just for the tower of books around the table alone or the wallpaper with books. Um, I've got a fable for you. Yeah. Man eats a great meal, has a great cocktail. Has a few great cocktails. And uh, lives happily ever after. I know. What, <laughs> what, what else is there? There's nothing more to do except for that. We've been here, and, you know, we were talking. What's kind of really interesting here in London is people come here, I think, especially from the States, and they think, they think of a couple things when they think about food. They think about pub food, which, you know, you have to do. It's a London classic. And then they think about Indian food, which is kind of like a lot of the Western states, classic Mexican, in our, in, in, you know, compared to what, what, what they have here. So a lot of people have Indian. But a lot of people don't know where to go after that. Like, where do you go for some fresh ingredients? I think the food, the sort of the food trend in London has really kind of boomed over the last few years. It's really kind of 
wanting to get out of that sort of British food, you know, people think of British food in a certain way, and it's really kind of boomed and hit the ceiling, and there's lots of so many great places to go right now, and, and, and Fable's one of them. We've had some excellent dishes here tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those dishes and the mixology that happens here as well. We've got Matthew Horvath, who is with Fable, and Matthew, tell us a little bit about how Fable is sort of stepping outside the bounds of the fish and chips and curry and coming up with all these incredible new dishes. Yeah, so uh, our, our menu that we've got in, uh, in Drake & Morgan is very much uh, a, a British uh, and Pan-Asian style menu uh, where we've got a mixture between sort of fish and chips, our humble venison pies, to duck salads. Uh, we've got our famous Borough Market flatbread. We use a lot of seasonal ingredients um, and a lot of our uh, suppliers are all very, very local. So we use a lot of very sustainable food. Uh, all come from very small suppliers, mainly based around Borough Market near London Bridge. Uh, so our most popular dishes uh, certainly range through our flatbreads. Uh, we have a, a lovely selection of sharing boards, whether it being Mediterranean with some baba ganoush and, uh, and hummus, uh, to our, our duck flatbreads. And as I said, the Borough Market flatbread is, uh, is an amazing... So right before we started our meal, we had a mixology cart over here. I mean, one of the things, the fable is, first of all, the, the whole architecture of the building is really, really cool and interesting. It's actually near a viaduct, which is really neat. You actually can enter either on the top or the bottom, and it's really deceiving, especially on the top, because we walked in, and then you just have, like, another layer, a leather level and another level, all glass, uh, really cool decor through the whole thing. And then, of course, we're sitting here, and right before dinner, we have a mixology cart come to our table. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe some signature drinks that you have here. Yeah, so mixology is something that we're, uh, we're very proud of in Drake and & Morgan. We have uh, an amazing amount of staff that, that are hugely trained in, in cocktails. Uh, and we have uh, a couple of mixologists here that work alongside that, that kind of go around the venues and, uh, and teach people how to make cocktails. So we do a lot of unique classes where you can come down and we'll teach you how to make your own cocktails. Uh, they can be anything from small groups of twos to fours up to twenties and sometimes up to fifty we've done in the past um, where you can get a big group of people who actually teach you about the ingredients, where the products come from, if you want to learn about spirits as well as about how to make and build cocktails, uh, it's a great addition to an event out. We had a couple of signature dishes while we were here tonight. One was uh, kind of a little take on a picnic, actually in a picnic basket. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was a new new addition to the menu that was uh, inspired by uh, by our executive chef, Robert Mitchell, that he, uh, he put a, a quirky take on, uh, on chicken and chips. This is a very traditional British dish where we have a small poutine, fresh locally sourced from the London area. Uh, which comes in a quirky picnic basket uh, served with a picnic napkin and it's a very quirky take on it. It comes with an amazing early mayonnaise dusted with cayenne pepper. Uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic addition to our new menu. This restaurant, The Fable, is unique in its own right, but it's actually part of a group of restaurants that are kind of, their, they're all their own unique brand. They're part of the same group and, and share much of the same menu, but each one kind of has its own unique brand and its own unique theme. Yeah, so the Fables uh, is our seventh bar in the Drake and Morgan group, and uh, the idea behind the Fable that it was inspired by uh, a fantasy world of fairy tales, uh, and uh, the fabulous Fable and Aesop's influences from all around the world. As I say, it's a bar restaurant that we try and go out of the ordinary. Uh, with every detail uh, across the venue, there's a story. I say from our seasonal food to uh, seasonal cocktails, alongside bespoke events, the master classes that we put on, whether it be butchery classes, cocktail classes, design your own flatbreads, uh, and so on. Uh, we tried to create a new, uh, unique customer experience. 
great. Tell our audience where there's information about the Fable and the group where they can book reservations and come and join you when they're here in town. Yeah, so we have, we have seven bars across the city. Uh, we started in 2008 with a refinery in Southwark, uh, then went on to uh, open the parlour in Canary Wall, followed by the Folly uh, by Monument just across from London Bridge. I've got the Anthologist near Bank, um, the Drift, which is by the Heron Tower, um, just all across from uh, Liverpool Street Station, and then the Fable is uh, just by Farringdon Station. You can find us online at www.drakeandmorgan.co.uk or Google search for any of the individual bars. If you Google search for the, the Fable, uh, it will come up the first, so you can come and have a look at anything that we have on our website. Great. Thanks so much for having us here. We've had an amazing time, having such a great time here in London. We will have this information as well on our hot sheet for today's show at www.travelbrigade.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here enjoying our food here in London, doing a whole show on London dining. You know, we were talking about ethnic food before and looking at some of the different, there's so many cultures here that are mixed together, so many things that you can find here. You can find Peruvian food, you can find food from everywhere in Africa. There's so many, so many different places that you can go. But a couple of really popular ones, again, a couple of twists that sort of like you can't get anywhere else because it's a combination of London and some sort of food. So this one is Churchill Arms, which is in Kensington, and it's actually kind of a cross between a pub, but they serve amazing Thai food. People go for the pub, but they also go for this amazing Thai food that's been around for quite some time, and it's really just a huge draw, and that's there in Kensington. And another place I thought was interesting, because I'm such a you know Mexican food connoisseur, it's called Oaxaca, and that's actually in Covent Garden, which is one of my favorite places to hang out when I'm there in London. But again, just sort of a different twist, like nothing that you would get in like Santa Fe or California. For an example, some entrees that are there, we had chipotle meatballs and guacamole and a British steak called the British steak, the Mexican way, served with spices and green rice. So those are the kinds of things that just kind of these twists that you just kind of get when you're there in London that are just really fun. There's also just some great straight up ethnic food coming over from the continent, for example, Italian food. Tizia Nove, which is 19 in Italian, is a restaurant in Crown Plaza, London, the city. That's got a lot of just fun traditional Italian dishes and, you know. And waiters. Hey, when you're in a restaurant and nine-tenths of the staff is Italian, you're in an Italian restaurant, you're in good hands. I mean, there's great pizza. They had really amazing pasta, some great appetizers. They had kind of like this fried bread mozzarella that was just really, it's like the top of the line mozzarella. Excellent. Tiramisu for dessert, of course. Delicious stuff. Another great Italian place is Carluccio's. This was... Oh, I love Carluccio's. Based on a famous chef named Antonio Carluccio, and he's been enormously so successful here in Britain. He's even been recognized by the Queen. The Queen can nod to some Italian food there in London. I think that's pretty good. You know, one thing about Carluccio's is I still, a few days later, can still think and taste of how that focaccia bread tastes. <laughs> it was the best focaccia I had ever had in my life. I couldn't agree more. Coming up, we've got an interview with Carluccio's. Let you know a little bit more about this restaurant. We were at the Covent Garden location, which is you know a great place for shopping and going to the theater. So stay tuned and we'll have that up next. 
You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, eating some amazing Italian food. Actually, we've gone through the, ma- the meal, and now we're on the panna cotta and the tiramisu. I don't, I don't know how it tops that. There are places that claim to be Italian restaurants, and then there are places that serve genuine Italian food, and boy, is there a difference. One is talking the talk, the other one is walking the walk. Well, and you can do both here in Covent Garden. We're here at Carlucci's. And we've had some dishes that are classics, and they lived up to every my every dream of, people, of what they should be. And then we've had new things that I didn't new taste that I had never tasted before. Well, it's been really fun. We've been kind of eating our way through London. It really hasn't been a bad gig, I have to admit. It's been quite great here. And there is more to London than beer and mushy peas. Although I love the mushy peas. I know, but, I know. And the beer, but <laughs> no, we've had a great afternoon here at Carlucci's. And we've got Michael Stocks with us. And Michael, tell us a little bit about the history of Carlucci's and how it came to be. Okay, so uh, Carlucci's came about uh, around about almost 15 years ago now, when a uh, very famous chef here in the UK, Antonio Carlucci, came up with the idea of somewhere where people come in to eat real genuine uh, regional Italian food at an affordable price to buy some in our, our food shops and delis. And then the thing from a, a coffee, breakfast, lunch to a full three-course meal with a glass of wine. Sorry, hold on. We've got our, our cappuccinos coming, and I'm sorry that we're taking bites of, of panna cotta and drinking cappuccino as we do this. But of course, we're here eating and again, eating our way through London. We had some amazing dishes. Let's start with some of the uh, great starters that you have here on the menu. We did, we did the sharing board. Tell us a little bit about that because we couldn't decide what to get. I didn't share as much as I should That's have. That's true. I, I kind of had to. <laughs> he's got a small bruise on his rib because I kind of <laughs> elbowed him and was like, hey, there are other people here at the table, Jeff. The shrimp with the shrimp wrapped in prosciutto, I just kind of like boxed everybody out and, and took that for myself. Yes, and the bruschetta was really good. Everything was, it, it was just delightful. I had, there was some baked regatta, which I'd never had. It was quite good. So tell us a little bit about some of the starters that you have on there and then a little bit about these sharing boards. So in terms of uh yeah, the starters are idea really to get the best that Italy has to offer, um, whether on these sharing boards, if uh, people can't decide uh, on a particular dish, why not get all of them? A bit of a variety plate, great for a sharing, or if you're particularly hungry, uh, probably manage on its own. Other than that, some other very typical Italian specialties, whether a, a simple plate of uh, mozzarella and uh, prosciutto, some classic Italian soups and salads, or indeed the, uh, the arancini, which will seem quite a popular one, a traditional Sicilian rice balls, one filled with, uh, with pesto, the other with a uh, meat ragu. I think a lot of people, when they see arancini, they might see it at the store or see it somewhere. They're not quite sure what it is. It does look like a big monster ball, and it's just full of deliciousness. Uh, that you a have ball to, of deliciousness? It's a ball of deliciousness with beautiful risotto that, like uh, like Michael said, flavored with different things. And then, you know, we managed to get through all of these wonderful starters uh, to get us to some of the entrees. And, you know, there is really kind of quite a selection. You can do, you know, pastas as starters or pastas as main dishes. But uh, Michael re- recommended a couple of those, and we had some of those today. So tell us about some of the kind of popular ones. And after eating them, we know why they're popular. It's because they taste delicious. So yeah, in terms of the uh, the pasta dishes, again, a lot of them very simple dishes, uh, but very uh, tasty. I uh, was saying during lunch about uh, Antonio Carlucci's food philosophy being uh, moff moff, the minimum of fuss and the maximum of flavor. So uh, it's a very classic uh, ravioli, very very simply done, made in house every day, and. Uh, the way we have done for uh, 15 years. 
very simple spinach and ricotta filling, fresh egg pasta, and then just dressed in a very light uh, butter and sage sauce. We had uh, we our most popular dish on the menu, a fantastic uh, pasta dish Antonio created uh, for us uh, about 10 years ago now, our penne jardiniera, some uh, giant penne pasta, grated zucchini, a little bit of chili, garlic, some uh, parmesan and butter. If that wasn't quite enough, deep fried spinach balls uh, on the top. What else did we try? Some uh, chicken cacciatura, so our, our one non-pasta element there. Again, very classic uh, Tuscan chicken, slow cooked in a kind of tomato sauce, some potatoes, and then the, uh, the gnocchi gorgonzola. Again, very, very simple, but, uh, but seemed to, uh, seem to go down very well. I think I'm going to adopt Moth Moth as sort of my life philosophy. <laughs> but maybe, Do you guys sell uh, Moth Moth t-shirts? <laughs> we take a few of those home, home more, Moth Moth. Uh, <laughs> adjusted just a bit. Minimum of fuss, maximum of fun. And so. Yeah, fun. There you go. And I mean, the gnocchi is delicious. It just really kind of melts in your mouth. And it's, you know, I, I know that Americans, we have a big American audience that listens to this. A lot of them travel everywhere. And let me just tell you, Please don't think Olive Garden. Just just think of anything but Olive Garden. Uh, this is such a delightful place to be. The authentic food. I've lived in New York City. I've had a lot of, you know, we've we've eaten in Naples. The food here is just absolutely delicious. Uh, the, the sauces are light. The pastas are delicious. You know what I love, too, is that uh, we're getting on a plane fairly soon. On my way out, I can pick up some mozzarella and prosciutto because they have a deli here That's in addition true. to... Yeah, we can go down, pack some stuff to go, and then we can, he can actually screen them off my shirts by the time we get back tomorrow. <laughs> That'll be just great. We're here in London where this all started, but can you tell us about places uh, people can find Carlucci's around the world, including soon for our American listeners in the States? So indeed, um, as well as uh, pretty much all across the UK, we're uh, just over 80 stores now in the UK, as far north as uh, Aberdeen up in uh, Scotland, all the way down to Exeter, Bristol, down the southwest, um, and pretty much everywhere in between. As we said before, in addition to that, we have a beautiful site over in uh, Dublin. We have uh, several over in the Middle East, in uh, Dubai, in Qatar, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we've just opened our third site with more planned in Istanbul, and indeed uh, the USA from uh, hopefully later on this year, I mean, for around about November time to be opening uh, Old Town Alexandria. So looking forward to that very much. Um, and speaking of being here in London, we're in a great location here in Covent Garden, which is uh, near the theater district and all that. Tell us a little bit about this location in general and kind of the hustle and hub in the area and why people might be over here just for the location alone. Well, I'm very fortunate that as well as having a beautiful restaurant here in Covent Garden, we also have our offices directly above it. So I uh, know the area very well. And I think, yeah, one of the great things about Covent Garden is that pretty much is everything you would want to see uh, all within some easy walking distance. We have the, uh, kind of the old market, which is great for uh, people out looking to shop. Um, right in the heart of theatre land, as you say, with some great shows on within a, a few minutes walk. Uh, some of the best shopping and uh, retail in London. And if that wasn't enough, plenty of bars, restaurants, nightclubs, and a few tourist attractions too. And as we said, we're here towards the end, having our cappuccino, panna cotta, and tiramisu. But there was a whole list of things that we couldn't quite get down in the dessert menu. Tell us a little bit about those. Again, it wouldn't be a, a meal without dessert as well. So uh, again, very uh, simple offers on the desserts. Some things you'd very much expect to see, whether it be a plate of Italian cheeses, a classic tiramisu. Uh, we've got to try our uh, summer variation made with uh, berries and uh, syrup as opposed to uh, coffee and liqueur. Panna cotta on there. Got some fantastic uh, Italian ice creams, which uh, if we get some uh, better weather this summer, she'll be flying out. We'll put contact information on our hot sheet for today's show at our website, travelbrigade.com. Make sure that you check us out there or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. 
always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin, again, eating our way through all of London. I feel a little bit like gluttony is coming on, but, you know, I think I'll get over it. So amazing. We were just talking with Carluccio's. You know, the anti-pasta platter they brought out was so amazing. There were so many different things there. The arancini, that's, I always love to get that. The gnocchi gorgonzola was amazing. And then they had this penne pasta. Do you remember that penne pasta with the chili? It was like a chili sauce and with spinach balls. I mean, it was so unique. I've never had anything like it. That's one thing I really love in a restaurant experience is when you go somewhere and you go, wow, I've never tasted anything like this before. Or wow, I never thought you could combine these two foods like this before. And it was just a really fun experience. Another popular food option here in London is, of course, afternoon tea, where you get some light bites with your tea and the little finger sandwiches, the scones with the clotted cream and the jam and everything like that. And we've got a whole episode devoted to that, to some great teas we had in London as well as in Dublin, Ireland. So you'll want to check that out. Go to TravelBrigade.com to find that. In the meantime, we've come to the point in the episode for He Said, She Said, where we each pick our favorite three things from this episode. As always, she said goes first. This is like picking amongst one of my favorite children, but I have to say, I'm going to go with my number three is going to be the focaccia at Carluccio's. I have never had anything that good. And it's kind of one of those things you just go, can I order it? Can I bring it back to the States with me? Can I go put some of my luggage before I go home? I don't know the answer to that, but I feel like I want to find out. So I would say the focaccia at Carluccio's. Man, we're going to need you to take off your coat before you come through customs and then like all this focaccia falls <laughs> the focaccia. out. Yeah, the focaccia comes falling out. Oops, I'm sorry. We already need bigger clothes, so I'll just get an extra large size and then I'll just stuff the insides with focaccia. So there you go. Sounds like a foolproof plan to me. I'm also going to stick with Carluccio's for my number three. The spinach balls we mentioned earlier were just something that, who comes up with this stuff, you know? It well, was so good. and chili on top. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was just really, really unique. Unique. But I agree. The spinach balls there, they had a little bit of cheese. They were deep fried. And these little tiny balls inside penne pasta with some chili sauce. I mean, who does that? Well, Carluccio's does it. Let's move on to number two. Well, now number two has to be... Cinnamon Kitchen, and more specifically, it's Cinnamon Kitchen, the most amazing prawns I've ever had, the wild African prawns. They were absolutely amazing. Everything that I had eaten at Cinnamon Kitchen was absolutely amazing. I looked at the menu and it looked good, but I couldn't compare it to what came out. It was just, it floored me every single thing. The flavor, the taste, the food was absolutely great, but this wild African prawn was amazing. And like I said, we had one of our mini me's with us who could not get enough of the wild African prawn. I saw her eyeing mine and I was like, hey, back up there, sister, because this is mine. I'll stay at Cinnamon Kitchen for my number two, which was Abdul's Platter. It was a platter of tandoori kebabs, different types of tandoori kebabs. Mm, delicious. It's a platter for two. You know, you can get that as your appetizer as well as the wild African prawn you just talked about. And, and pretty much you could call it a night there. It's so much. 
everything is good there. They need what they need there is accommodation so that you can actually take a break, nap, and then just eat some more there at Cinnamon Kitchen. You know, as well, they have a great bar, lots of really interesting mixes of drinks. They have a mixologist there as well. But yes, everything there really great. So that moves to my number one, which <laughs> talking about mixology, it's got to be the mixology cart at the Fable. That was so fun. They actually came over to our table and they were like, hey, what do you like to drink? Do you like white wine? Do you like red wine? What kind of liquor do you like? And they just sat there and like mixed up these concoctions that were just, do you like it sweet? Do you like it dry? Do you like... And they were just mixing these things up that were just so amazing. And you just tell them kind of what you want and they started mixing it. So we had several drinks. One was kind of like a white wine spritzer with grapes in it and some elderflower. Really, really unique and interesting things. All really great. Yeah, the food at the Fable was great too. And my number one was just the overall atmosphere of the Fable. There were just so many different things going on. It's just kind of a happening place. It's one of those places where after you walk in, you feel like you're already cooler. You know how like there's some places where they say, oh, if you do this, it'll raise your IQ 10 points. It like raised my cool factor. Yeah, Jeff was hanging out with all the cool kids. Yeah. No, it's definitely a place to be. It is the place to be. We went there right uh, kind of, I would say, during maybe early dinner happy hour time. And it was just, you know, all the business people in town and all the, you know, the young folk were all hanging out there having a good time. Apparently, you know, they were telling us this, these mixology carts and they do these, you know, they can get together and do parties where you bring your friends to private tables and learn how to like do mixed drinks. But you're right. Atmosphere there, again, just really fun. And the food really fun and unique with little twists on some traditional food favorites. We're going to have information about all of these places on our hot sheet for today's show at travelbrigade.com. We've unfortunately got to stop eating and go home and check with the cardiologist <laughs> before we move on to any other destinations. We'll be back next week with another great destination. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, please join us next week. Again, if you want any information on this week's show, that will be on our hot sheet for today's show at travelbrigade.com. And make sure that you check us out on Twitter and follow us there as well at Travel Brigade. Again, see you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at travelbrigade.com.